Hey, Brian Phillips here. Welcome to the Grease Ops Podcast. It's an honor to be here with you today. Recently, I was in Lake Geneva, recorded a five-episode series on Ravi Zacharias and the scandal that came out after his passing. I sat with Dr. Ryan Benchimer, Pastor Steve Castle, and Pastor Bob Lindquist, a band of brothers I run with. And we're extracting lessons that we can learn from Ravi's uh, failure in this area of his life. Not pointing fingers, but just, hey, what can we learn? I mean, guys, we live in a day and age in a culture where pornography and sexual temptation, the lust of the eye, not just lusting after the opposite sex or same-sex attraction, but the lusting after possessions and all kinds of things in this world. And we are here to be trained by the grace of God so that we can conquer darkness, the darkness within our own lives, and allow his grace to train us to live upright. So we're going to jump right into the audio of this one here, of this episode, with my friends. We're looking at the red flags of Ravi's life. I hope you enjoy this from a perspective of learning. What can you learn to change your personal life? God bless you, and remember to live upright. Expedition 44 here on a Grace Ops initiative today. We are continuing our Ravi Zacharias series of what's wrong with this picture. (laughs) We did an introduction, we also got into board meeting considerations, and we set the tone for lots of red flags that look to be part of this story that we're gonna go back and again, just use Ravi as kind of a history lesson to red flags and what we see within the ministry, and hopefully do a better job of doing what we're called to do, which is to walk holy and communally help others to walk holy. Yeah, uh, the scripture is saying, um, 2 Corinthians, it says that the reason, that, one of the reasons that we have the Old Testament is to use the failures of the examples in the Old Testament yeah. to be guideposts or guidelines in our own New Testament Christian life. And so I'm going to start off with a verse that kind of highlights this specifically yeah. about this red flag stuff. So this is 2 Samuel chapter 11. And obviously we've been using David along the course of this as just a, a general biblical application. And in verse 1 it says, And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem, and it came to pass in evening tide, when David rose off of his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look on. There are so many red flags in just these two verses. One, why was David not at war when kings go to war? Why did he send all the other people to go do the thing? Red flag. Red flag, (laughs) number two. Number two, why are you getting up off of your bed at evening time? Right. That's not when you're supposed to wake up. There's a dark and light thing going on here. So that means that he'd been playing all night long and then sleeping all day. So that'll tell you something. And then why are you you up on... millennial too? (laughs) Skinny (laughs) jeans. And then number number three is, why are you creeping on your neighbor's uh, wife washing herself? 
It's not the first time we get the idea. And obviously, yeah, right. there's an insinuation yeah. that he knew exactly when she was taking a bath and yeah. exactly where to look. And why was she taking a bath at midnight or yeah. whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a On ton a of stuff. There's a ton of stuff that's just really view. <laughs> that's really quietly insinuated in these just these first two book the first two verses of of Second Samuel 11 that we need to use. And so in Ravi, so let's we're going to go into some red flags in Ravi's life and then try to drill them out and see what the application is for you out there, Good. the listener, the watcher. Good. Yeah, because in our lives these are really important in our marriages, in our families, with our brothers that we're submitted to, walking this out wherever we're at in this journey. Yeah. Red flags. Let's talk about massage, because that's the Robbie thing. <laughs> now, I want to I just be careful here, because massage in of itself is not a sinful thing. There's going to be Christians watching this that are massage therapists. They went to school. They've invested a large amount of money. At no point did they go, oh, man, I'm, I'm going into sinful, worldly culture. But the problem with that thinking is at some point they do know that they're opening the door to something like this. So we're going to be careful here, but let's talk massage therapy. So can we lay the foundation that there's a big difference between a professional masseuse that works at your country club, at the spa, and it's not one of those Jeez. oriental massage. And I'm not picking on the oriental market, but, but a lot of them seem to be, as I travel across the country, it's the Oriental Spa Place, right? Now, this is important with the Ravi message because yes, what is. we hear right. is throughout the story, these are not licensed massage Non professional. No, and he owned as a silent partner two of these very type of facilities. We also know in the natural, many of the people who actually do the massages in that style of massage parlor are human trafficked women from around the globe. That's what this looks like. That, and it does yeah. look like that very much. For so sure. he was participating basically as a silent partner in potentially a human sex trafficking ring. I mean, think about that. This is the depths of sin. This yeah, is right, what happens right. when you have these moral uh, right. non-fortitude places in your heart and your life. You end up being a part of something where you're just like, wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't do that. No, you did that. Yes, you did. You yes. did that. Purposefully. When you're when you're failing in just these little places, like the enemy doesn't play fair. He doesn't just come after really strong, godly men and he goes to war to that. No, he goes after women, children, the weak, the innocent, the and, and this is one of the things that you don't we, we talked about this before. You're not responsible for making sure that you're living a righteous life just for you. Right. It's communal. You right. are. Yeah, it is. But it's not just for you. Yeah. Well, the way that I live my life was just like with Robbie. What Robbie did literally damaged the entire body of Christ because he was personally failing. This is why this is such a tough conversation because we're taking somebody that is claiming to be in relationship covenant with God and what happens is something so, so ugly, so grotesque that it ends up going into the sex, sex trafficking world and everything else. I mean, complete opposite of what divine, holy living looks like. Right. How, do you, how do you get there? And we've opened up this door to massage therapy. Bob, you, you tell a great story sometimes about kind of dabbling but not, not even opening the door to being part of something that could be corruptible. Yeah, it's amazing because we're frogs in boiling water as men on this subject for a long yeah. time right. in our society. Um, I went to go buy a gun holster 
two weeks ago, perhaps, three now. And I had already fondled one of the holsters from a friend. I knew what I wanted because there's yeah. a myriad of holsters out there, right? And I went to the website, and when I pulled up the specific gun that this holster was made for, every picture of every style at every camp, right hand, left hand, small of back, had a young lady with Daisy Duke shorts. And for those of you too young to know what that means, that would be <laughs> Levi shorts about this big, right? With slits up the side and absolutely a view of her body all the way down across her navel in those shorts to about her mid like for me to buy a $12 holster. Yeah. And I had to make the, I didn't have to, I did make the decision immediately. I won't fund that company yeah. because yeah. I'm thereby partnering with that whole process. Yeah. Much like we just talked about with Ravi, partnering with the sex trafficking, human yeah. trafficking side of massage therapy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and something about these things, like in a massage, you're talking about intimate touching. Right. Which a doctor does intimate touching. But they're doing it under the for the very specific purpose of researching medically proven things in medically proven ways. And so a legitimate licensed massage therapist who knows exactly what they're doing and their mind is on the business of what they're trying to accomplish, it's not an intimate touch. Yeah, but right, right. it could be an intimate touch to the person receiving the massage. So this and is, it all depends. That's a super potential gray area that you need to really consider. This is the, the thing that we talked about a lot with the light darkness is that this in of itself is, is not sin. It's there's there's nothing there, but when the darkness penetrates See, into normal it. things in life and claims them for the dark world, that's where we've got a problem. Here. Right. And that what's what's interesting about red flags is that these are symptoms of deception. Right. Yes. The great deceiver. Yeah. No. I personally, um, I personally enjoy massage therapy. Yeah, he gives me some massages yeah. sometimes. You're just hey, hey, weird hey, 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 wait. You're, you're not coming to my shop anymore. <laughs> told. No, there's a, you know, but there is a time and place where, you know, I train physically, I lift weights, you know, I put my body under a lot of stress, as most of us do here, and um, it's 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 one of those things in sports culture, you know, yep. get a massage and, you know, kind of work out those knots and muscles, and I've never one time had anything weird or creepy happen, but I go to the places that are professionals, and you sign the contract, I won't be creepy, you won't be creepy, and, and then... And, uh, and it's never been been weird or anything, you know. But now we got to know our struggles. That's one of the things that For comes real. into this. Right. So you know, if you struggle there, there's there's ways you can right. still medically be treated. But how about you get a couple's massage? You right. know, yeah. you go, oh, that's yeah. expensive. It's another hundred dollars or whatever. Well. Sometimes there's a price for purity. Yes. There is. Yeah, and, that's yes. and I've done that before, too. And that's really actually fun. You know, yeah. It's been really yeah. Cool. yeah. So uh, other red flags that Robbie had going on that we, uh, that we want to at least delve into, one of the things that we all talked about was um, he had at least four cell phones. And uh, along that same line, he never, it was an absolute do not pass line that he never did anything on any computer inside of his own offices or around any other people. He he said it was because he never wanted anybody to hack him or steal his manuscript or his yeah. new book. book or his new I mean, book. I don't right. know. Obviously, now in retrospect, it doesn't make any sense, but he was getting hunt thousands of of uh, nude pictures, nude text messages. He was obviously surfing on all kinds of crazy uh, porn sites and all kinds. Of... So now we know, obviously, in retrospect, 
But the red flag was why you need four cell phones. Yeah. Why right. won't you go on the internet in front of anybody else? That's why won't you attach to the server in your own ministry's website? I mean, th those are questions that you would think the IT guy would have asked, or the staff, let alone the board. Yeah. Hey, we hear there's a problem with, how come that won't happen? Right. Yet when a little bit of that was addressed by a staff member, he literally shut them out. Yep. Yep. And, and Brian was talking. Brian's going to do this because we've talked about this. He's he's working on maybe building an app where where other people can look what you're doing on your device. Like let's say me and Ryan are buddies on this app. At any moment, I can open up a thing and I can see what Ryan's doing on his app, and I can call him like, "Hey, bro, why are you looking at the holster for 20 minutes with the girl that's half naked?" <laughs> well, I'm just buying a holster. Hey. Let's let's legitimately talk about this, bro. So there's a there's this brothers thing that needs to be a part. Yeah, and, of the, and the whole point of like identifying red flags in our own lives and in our brothers' lives, because this Christianity is about plurality. It's about doing this together. It's about right. the community, and we we miss that huge in our culture. Yeah, you know, my Bible, my time, my devotions, my me, my all this narcissistic approach to God, and it's really God's raising up a people in the person of Christ. Yeah. And so the, in Galatians, it talks about. When a brother stumbles, how we're supposed to restore him in a spirit of gentleness yeah. and keep watch over ourselves so that we don't stumble in the same thing. And so that's why we're talking about red flags. We're not just doing it because, it, it, you know, it's fun to talk about other people's stuff, right? Oh, let's talk about <laughs> Robbie and let's talk about all the stuff he, he sucked at, you know, and all the things he was terrible at. It's easy to do that because it feels like we're almost elevating ourselves. But that's really not the heart, you know. The, the heart is like, oh, let's learn yeah. from this. Because the world's aching to see a better version of Christianity, a better mm -hmm. version yep. of holiness. You know, if yep. God's holy, where, is, where are those holy people at? You know, and, and actually, they're everywhere. There's a remnant of people. We just don't. Yeah. We, that's just not on our headlines. A right. couple weeks ago, we had a marriage conference that uh, Steve and I led, and one of the ways that we started this saying is that your marriage, your covenant living, it starts with you and God. You are the first line of your yep. own accountability, and your wife is the That's second so line good. of your own That's accountability, good. and your brothers are the third wall of defense. This is battle language in the okay. Bible. Yep. This is one, two, three, we've got walls before it gets to the core of who we are. When we look at the life of Robbie, the problem is his core was decimated. There was no line one, two, three. There wasn't a problem of, oh, am I opening a private browsing window? That should be a red flag to me. Right. You know, right there, you should be calling yourself on the carpet. I lead a lot of uh, men's ministries and every one of them has something in common. That that's when we start to fall, you're your first line of accountability. You need to get a brother, a oh. wife on the phone and say, right here, I, I was driving to church last week and one of my brothers just called me and said, hey, I know you're probably in the car with your family or around church people, but I just had to call you. And I said, thank you, and I hung up. And most people would go, what do you mean? You didn't talk him off the cliff or off the... And I said, yes, he already talked himself yeah, down. That was all he needed you stood alongside was the call. Yep. Amen. Boom. Yep. And making that call is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Of yes. course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And it, that people will say all the time, well, how do you stay out of porn or how do you stay clean in all these other areas and categories? And that's right, right along with what you're saying. It's like it's it's a pure heart. Yeah. Work on your own heart. Let yourself be. Give yourself the credit that God gives you that yes. you actually can matter in this whole thing. We're not just victims and just flying around. You know, that's the problem. I have the massage thing. He had a condition. Yes. Which was what you know. I mean, self self diagnosed disease or maybe yeah. it was doctor. I don't know. But yes. This, you know, it draws on the sympathy of a person, right. of a board, of yeah. a of people that say, "Hey, this is a red flag, that's bro." Exactly. That's oh no, I got this condition. Oh no, I got. And that our culture—that's a Babylonian spirit of the age yes. kind of approach <laughs> to things. Like, oh no, I got this thing, and then if I have this thing, and I've got to go over here and do this other dark thing, God, 
God loves. God still loves me. God still. God's still smiling on this. You know. So spiritually, <laughs> conditions lead oh. to disease. Let's talk about that for a minute. Now, different people's theology are going to play into this thought pattern, and we can open the door to some of that yep. thinking. But let's talk about spiritual disease. The goal is that. I'm not going to let myself get into spiritual disease, and I'm not going to let you guys get there either. And, and this is, man, this is so important. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is a huge, huge place yeah. that I that I like to minister into. Um, is that, you know, first off, the devil never comes to anybody with, as a <laughs> as ten foot tall, you know, massive muscles, horns, and a tail, and pitchfork, and breathing fire. He comes to you as the cute little girl modeling the uh, modeling the holster. That you're looking at. Nobody, you know, if you think about the people that I am sure that everybody out there, you are absolutely appalled, like turns your guts yes. to know yep. that there's right. some creepy, greasy, yep. fat, ugly dude out there buying children to do terrible things to them. I know that turns every one of your stomachs, but you need to back this up. So how does some 45-year-old greaseball end up to the place where he's so sexually depraved and right. so is so uh, uh, broken in his own inner self that he gets to the point where he's buying kids for sex. Greaseball well, nothing. How about the pastor that this happened oh, yeah. to? The apologist. Yeah, we just, yeah. We just, yeah. <laughs> so back that, because that's our image. Our image is that he's yeah. just some creep over there in some cabin and he, no, it, it's probably somebody in your neighborhood. Yeah. And so back that up. Well, where'd that come from? Well, he probably had some uh, some other sexual problem. Maybe maybe he was had to be with younger and younger and younger. And then that started with uh, getting into crazy, really nasty kind of porn. But that started with being in kind of regular hardcore porn. And then that started with softcore porn. And then that started with every commercial has somebody naked selling you toothpaste and cars. Right. You you got to understand, like the reason the enemy's doing this is that he's trying to get you on that path right. of getting right. into that. And if you say, "Hey, I'm going to be completely appalled and disgusted by the toothpaste commercial with the naked people," you've already set the border that you are not going to have stage four cancer because you're not even going to let the pimple get to the place where it turns into some kind of melanoma. It, you're going to stop it right here and deal with it. And part of that is dealing with that with your friends, with your brothers, your band of brothers, or your people, your counselors in your life. Your spouse. There had to be red flags with a spouse. I find it absolutely crazy that there wasn't a sexual appetite yes. change yes. in Ravi over the years. Right. Something had to be out of balance. So, again, from a kingdom perspective, not beating anybody up. Did that precious sister mm -hmm. have those sisters in her life that she could go, golly, I don't understand. Something's changing. Something's different. Let's pray about this together. Seek counsel on that, right? Yeah. yeah. So the red flags, again, so the, clearly and, obvious. And I think of the spiritual condition where, like, the human body can go 40 days without food, but it can only go three days without water. And so when the when God describes his own word as the living water that we're supposed to be going to, I mean, you really got to look at it about, you got about three days 
about a time of time before you really got to have a time with God. You know, and daily is is the preferred discipline. Yeah. But it's we've got when we miss time with God, we become spiritually de- we start to decay quick. Yes. You know, we start we start to break down and decay, and then we're living off yesterday's power, yesterday's revelation, yesterday's mm-hmm. thought. I mean, here's a guy who could speak to millions of people, had huge platform, yet scripturally he was described as a predator. Yes. The Bible says that you're supposed to Worse. watch for men like yeah. this. Yeah. So you're supposed to kick <laughs> them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're supposed to take This is take the worst out. kind. The picture yeah, I mean, so of the worst. So here's the guy that had like, yeah. he had like the fame the whole world went after. And he actually had a pretty powerful message. I mean, he, he had all yesterday's anointing, but he didn't have today's character. Yeah. He didn't have today's discipline to be with God. And that's where the decay comes from. When we miss time with God, you're already on the path to yes. death. You're, so you're let's, toast. <laughs> let's frame this theologically. In the Old Testament... Spiritual warfare was a mess. It's running rampant. Whether you put this as falling spiritual beings, the Nephilim, whatever whatever you say, these spiritual entities invaded the rights of men. And they seem to be able to do that regularly. However, at the cross, something changes here. And so when you look at spiritual warfare, at the cross, we're going to be receiving healing. Now, there's spiritual healing, and maybe there's physical healing. You can talk to my brother Steve about this one. That's a difference in theology. Now, we do know that once the cross happens, these evil entities are bound. Now, we don't have this whole story. I want the story. I always say that I want to watch this movie in heaven about what happens. And I know you guys, you know, we all have our own ideas here. But one thing that is clear is demonic presence no longer can just invade us because of the cross right because we are marked with the name of christ right. so they can't come over and just jump on us we have to invite it we have to come in agreement yes and he because of the loss of that legal authority on and in us we have to literally come in agreement yeah oh this is the warning label from the manufacturer and i agree yeah i agree to that i want a drink So this is the problem, is that even as spiritual entities, that we're opening the door of spiritual warfare. Absolutely right. We are absolutely allowing that into us, in this case, via our eye gate. And then why not, if we've got it in the eye gate, we might as well go for the gusto and let them lay our hands on us, imparting whatever that spiritual entity wants to impart on our carcass. Right. Right? I know that's a whole nother film, but reality is... That's what's taking place. We get so careful as men. We don't even open this door. This should have never happened right. with somebody like Rafi Zacharias. And and one of the things we want to talk about, like the reason that it seems like these doors are so easily and frequently opened in people's lives, is because here's the part that that some people um, don't understand about their nature. God created you to lust. Right. <laughs> It's purely natural. God created you to be an addict. But he created you to lust after righteousness and lust after intimacy with him. There you go. And he created you to be addicted to his glory. Light and and dark. Right. And we just lust after the wrong thing. And we became addicted after the wrong things. And so I'm here's what I, as a pastor, as a minister of God, I am telling you, you have permission from heaven to lust. And you have permission from heaven to be an addict. But you're supposed to be addicted to him. 
And as it says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, that the house of Stephanus was addicted to the ministry of the saints. Yes. Be addicted to the right things. Lust after the right things. And then you don't have to worry about any of these other irrelevant uh, lust coming in and trying to side to sidetrack you or get you focus. down into a rabbit hole that you were never born to be in. Now the world thinks this kind of thinking is nuts. They right. look at people like that and they go, "Oh my gosh, those those spiritual, you know, crazy, diseased people." But that's the backward thinking of kingdom culture. That's who we want right. to be. That's that's who we are at the core. Right. Yep. It, it it's proven out time and time again in the world's thought process yeah. because we have this inherent desire for something we don't even know what it is. Yeah. It's the two foot bigger boat. Mm. It's the different job. It's the more farm ground. It's the bigger animal to go hunt. It's that big. <laughs> yeah. Man, when I can get that, oh, I'm going to be right. satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, never. It's what causes yeah. all of those suicides that make us in the flesh go, what? How could that guy had it all? Yeah. Yeah. A billionaire. So it's that lust that the enemy wants to get us into. Yes. For something that we don't even know what it is, when yet we should be lusting after him. We've been saying this: focused the lush, on him, the flesh, the pride of life. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that comes down to it that all. Is the now, thread. now, there's another part of this with the Robbie thing, and that is that this isn't just a one-way street. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different cool. things going on here. So, one of the things that I've been listening to, I've I've listened to a lot of YouTube films about Robbie Zacharias, and one person in particular kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you did nothing wrong talking to all these victims that Robbie had. Mm-hmm. And it made me cringe because I've got four little boys and what I'm constantly teaching and preaching to my four little boys is this is a two-way road right. and you need to run from anything that looks like this because the other side doesn't think spiritually the way that you have been taught and learned to think grounded in this kind of kingdom principle. Yep. yep. Yeah, one of the things and I know that this is a super super tenuous subject matter. I get it. We're in the we're in the me too uh, society, the cancel culture that everybody's a victim, nobody has any personal responsibility and so I understand that I'm about to be make myself the enemy of of the whole world. I get it. That's but, why we brought you on the show. <laughs> for me, for me <laughs> but here's the thing. One of the quotes, and, I, and I, I can find it if I need to, but one of the quotes was one of these gals that said, well, I had to do these things with Robbie because my financial situation was so terrible and Robbie was paying my rent and giving me enough money for my groceries. And, and, I, and I know this is super not popular. You said God God was giving us yes, this. God, yes, God, and, and, and put in the spiritual thing. But here's the thing. At what point did that gal not realize that she was prostituting herself? Period. At what point did she say, I am selling sex for rent and food and say, I am not that kind of person right. and cut off that, that, that relationship and cut off literally that hooking herself and, and using some kind of a justification because otherwise she'd be homeless or hungry. You know, here's the thing. When a person, a gal, guy, because this happens in ministry. I know a bunch of pastors that prostitute themselves. Yep. They just do it. You know, when you're doing something, <laughs> how many pastors stand up at a pulpit and they won't say what God wants them to say because they might lose the big giver? Right. That's prostitution. Absolutely. It's just prostitution. Absolutely. And it happens a bunch. How many people go to work and they violate their moral codes 
because the boss told them to or their working environment doesn't want them to. It's all prostitution. And the thing is, you can solve this both ways. At any point that anybody stands up for righteousness and for godliness, it becomes severed. Yeah, right. And any one of these gals could have said, this is not right. I am going to trust God for my groceries. I am going to trust yeah. God for my rent. And I am not going to sell my body and sell my sexual affection. I don't care how much money you're promising me. And I don't care who you are in the body of Christ. I will not go there. And it could have been all dealt with right there at the head. Yeah. And so there's both there there is two sides to all this kind of stuff. Not every one of these girls were victims. Were some of them? Yes. Were all of them? No. There is personal responsibility that every single human being has out there and if you stand with God, yeah. you give God an opportunity to come into your life and protect you, provide for you and give you all the things that you need that you think you can only get through hooking yourself mm -hmm. and that is not 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 ever an option in the heart of God. And it just brings the conversation that we've all had at various times together in just another application. The condition of the body and the believers yeah. on a global basis yeah. and the lack of understanding of their identity in Christ. Yeah which only comes through reading his word yeah. and being in that level of intimacy right. with him. Or at least in one case, this woman was raised a believer yeah. and she was taken advantage of. She was lied to, yeah. manipulated. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case, nope. which is why we're having these discussions. So this film is entitled Red Flags. The red flags to you, you should be seeing these in your own lives. Your second line of defense is your wife, your spiritual family. You have pastors, you have people that hopefully keep you accountable. Every guy needs four or five of these in his life. Hopefully you've got a small group that you go to from there and another band of brothers, so to speak. What are some of these red flags? Sometimes we get blinders on and we don't see them. It, it has to reach the second line of defense to bring those to our attention. But what, what are some of these things? I think some people watching this film, they might not identify these in your own life, let alone somebody else's. What do these look like? Well, the first one to me is is uh, arrogance. When you when you set yourself up to, it's the pride. Like you can even like, there's a vibe that arrogant yeah. people put off. That's yeah. true. Like you can just kind of pick up on it. It's like, dude. And we've all done it. Guys. We've all been there. Yeah. 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 And so it's. I was snowboarding with my kids the other day, and my my daughter. She was telling me a story. She's like, oh, I know how to stop and do all these cool things now. She's learning. And she's like, all these boys were watching, and I was going to go make this perfect stop. And she goes, and then the next thing I know, I'm just rolling and falling. <laughs> and we had this really fun talk about how pride comes before a fall. Yeah. Uh, you know? yeah. uh, right. I mean, pride and arrogance, self-deception. Yeah. Not listening to a brother. Yeah. Not being able to take a rebuke. Right. I mean, the scripture says that when if one of you guys rebuke me, I, I that should be refreshing to me. Yep. Because yep. one, it shows, shows me that you love me. Yeah. It, it lines up with God's heart. God disciplines those he loves. Yeah. Right. So God's discipline isn't like one season of your life. Yeah. It's it's a perpetual, ongoing because he's he cares more about your maturity in Christ than he does about anything else. Yeah. Is that you're maturing to be like his son, and so his discipline's always going to be there. Yeah. And so you know if, when we're when, those are red flags to me, just deception, arrogance. Yeah. We're we're not disciplined people. We're not take, receiving or, rebukes from or, our brothers. Yeah. Lack of being willing to be corrected. Yeah. You know this is this is such a huge huge thing that I think so many people go past. Is that um, it's the scriptures say that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered? Like, if Jesus learned things by going through the hard things, it says in Proverbs, I think it's uh, chapter six, that it says that 
um, he that hates his child uh, will not spank him. You know, the rod, he that hates his child spares the rod. You know, the world quotes that as spare the rod, spoil the child. Right, right, right. Makes it sound kind of cool and kind of hip. And here we are, a generation, at least my generation, we were grown up as like a spankless society, and we have some of the most terrible people that have ever been birthed on the planet in our generation because we grew up the spankless society. And the Bible says if you hate the child, you spare the rod. Well, how much more for us that are that are grown-ups now, we're past our parents' correction, but we're still people in society, and we still have a father God, and we're still children of God. How much more should we, uh, should we desire to have correction come into our lives to make sure that we're not getting into some broken, yeah. detestable place? I, my number one prayer, and I say this all the time from the pulpit and in, in, in my personal small group, my number one prayer is, Lord, correct me. Yeah, right. Lord, correct me. Right. If I'm wrong, yeah. if I'm missing it somewhere, please correct me. And guess what? We have been. <laughs> yeah. He will. Absolutely. So the other, the other kind of red flag thing is if you, if you can't self-examine yourself, right? right? To start there, that yep. first line of defense is ourselves. And be honest. And be honest. But, but what's stopping me from having that draw? For me, it's that first yeah. cup of coffee in the morning. Anybody that knows me knows, like, my phone's not on typically, right? I, that's me and my daddy, for yeah. real, in the scriptures, right? Okay. So... What is stopping me from really being driven to being drawn into him in that place? It's got to be something in the flesh. Yeah. It's a red flag. Yeah. So this isn't ideas of judging or condemnation. No, it's all. actually the opposite. It's right. trying to build up the brothers in, in positive, encouraging love. And that's something we don't identify, that it seems like when we come to each other, either the person that coming or the person receiving has these ideas of judgment and condemnation, and we need to set the tone in all of our relationships for love and encouragement based on this kind of red flag thinking. So when when my brothers start having these ideas of spiritual elitism or they maybe have a tendency to start marginalizing the word of God or even neglecting the word of God or problems with right. prayer in their life or, you know, knowledge or something like that, all of these things, you know, should be conversations that somebody has with them. Yeah. Yep. One of the things, you know, uh, Ryan touched on this is like, um, you should be hearing this, and condemnation is not any part of this. Right. The definition of condemnation is unfit for use. You know, if a building's condemned, the only thing you can do with that building is tear it down. Because yep. there, there is no repairing, there's no bringing it back up to the standard. I used to buy and sell cars, and once a car's had a junk title, I mean, it is. It's it. It's a, it has a junk title. You can fix it up, you can sell it, but it's still always going to have a junk title. And so condemnation is unfit for use. The only thing left to tear it down. And some buildings can be condemned quicker than others. But here's the thing. If a building is kept in proper repair and is kept in in proper maintenance, it should never get to the place of condemnation. And so if I come over to Brian, I'm like, dude, what's the big yellow stain in your your ceiling? Oh, I think my roof's leaking. Dude. Fix your roof. Mm-hmm. Fix your roof. Nah, nah, the house is fine. I sleep here every night. There's no problem. The truth is, is that Brian's house is going to be condemned way faster than my house because he wouldn't take the correction of fixing his roof. And this is when guys come into your life and they say, fix your roof. You shouldn't get mad. How dare you judge my roof? I got a good roof. I put that on with my own bare hands 20 years ago. And I'm like, okay, so you suck as a roofer, but fix your roof. Yeah. You don't get mad at the guy that comes and says your roof's leaking. 
you, you should get mad at yourself that someone else had to come and point out the fact that you're Rook right. Good stuff all the way around. These are all red flags of normal people's life, people in ministry life, the people you think are superheroes of life. We all are called to be accountable before the Lord. One, to ourselves, that we need to start recognizing this. And two, to be open to the course correction of your brothers, your church, your wife, and really, quite frankly, all those around you should right. be warning signs. It's a sensitivity to the spirit that everyone might speak life into your life. May God bless you and keep you.